34. This is the BFFs. I am Greg Sussman. There is no Frank Stample. There is no EY Eric Young. There's only me, baby, Greg Sussman. But today, I am joined by my good buddy Jim Day. The Fantasy Taz, you just heard him on the Fantasy Football Frenzy. And now you get him for another hour here on the BFFs. What's happening, Jim? Hey, Greg, how you doing? Thanks for asking me to join you. Always good to talk football with you. Absolutely, and it's fantastic to have you aboard the program today. Uh, it's weird. I got... Uh, Surrounded by Christmas stuff, I don't celebrate Christmas, but uh, I will take uh, I will take it the opportunity to hang out with you uh, for an hour or so uh, and, and kind of just dive right in. What is, what are your Christmas plans, sir? Uh, not so much uh, much tonight. Just me and the wife hanging out and relaxing and doing all that last minute Christmas stuff tonight. But actually, I'm waiting till the second. The second is actually when we will be celebrating Christmas because it was the only day all my family could get together. So. We'll be doing it then. They all come in here. We're going to have a big feast and have a grand old time with all the kids. That's absolutely fantastic. A, a big party January 2nd. You've got more to look forward to. It doesn't just end uh, when Christmas ends. For me, uh, we're here in the control room today. We ordered in Chinese food to celebrate Jewish Christmas for lunch. Uh, and then tonight, I will be going to see a movie and probably eating more Chinese food. So I'm really uh, celebrating Christmas <laughs> the only way I know how, Jim. What, what movie are you going to see? So it's a really good question that you asked that. So if I had my way, I want to go see Uncut Gems. I don't know that my wife will be into it. Um, I could see me convincing her to see Richard Jewell, although, you know, that's kind of second on the list. If we stay home, we'll watch Marriage Story on Netflix. Uh, and those are the options. Okay, sounds okay. <laughs> <laughs> are you happy that you asked? I gave you like hardcore analysis there. Yeah, no, no, that, that's fine. I, absolutely. I just wanted to know what was out there that people are enjoying these days. I still haven't seen the new Star Wars one, so that would be my first choice. Uh, I'm not a Star Wars guy. I've never seen, uh, I've never seen any Star Wars. Not a single minute. Not one? Yeah, not one. Wow. Are you not a sci-fi guy at all, or you just have this thing about Star Wars? <laughs> I don't know what I have to think about Star Wars. I just, I guess I'm not a sci-fi person. I don't hate sci-fi. Like, I, I, I watch certain sci-fi. I just never, I never did it. I never did the Star Wars thing, and now I feel like I'm just kind of stuck in my ways. <laughs> what well, what you got to do is you got to sit down, put them all together, and right. watch them all together in one day. Gotta, exactly. There's nine, there's nine movies. They're all about three hours long. It's perfect. 27 hours or so. <laughs> but that, to me, that would be a great day. I would enjoy that day. <laughs> I, heard a lot of I like my Star movie. Wars. See this. All right. So let me um, – so last night, I was uh, I lost my championship on Sunday. I had Mike Boone going in last night, but 
I lost my championship on Sunday, so like most fantasy players that are out, the last thing I wanted to do on Monday night was watch football. We're like, I'm out. <laughs> I don't want to deal with this crap anymore. I am so sick of it. I have not wasted, but I have spent so much time reading and analyzing and talking about it. I lost. My major championship was lost on Sunday. So I was happy to, I watched the season finale, series finale of Mr. Robot. I was ready to watch the season finale of Holiday Baking. Ready to rock. My freaking wife, Jim, goes, oh, is there a good game tonight? I was like, oh, it's Vikings Packers. She goes, oh, it's Aaron Jones. I got to watch. I'm like, Judy, you didn't even make the playoffs. Why do you care what Aaron Jones does? She goes, well, I feel a sense of loyalty to him. I feel a sense of loyalty. He's been my guy all year. I want to watch him and cheer him on. Jim, you play a thousand leagues. You have every player in the NFL on your teams. Do you feel a sense of loyalty to your guys after your season is over? Come the playoffs, like, do you find yourselves rooting for the guys that you've had on your team and you've rooted for all year? No. <laughs> well, there's one guy, but he didn't make the playoffs, so it won't come to matter. The only guy that I seem to really just have that kind of feeling for is Larry Fitzgerald. Okay. Um, I've just been a huge fan of his for so many years now that I have that kind of feel for him, but he won't be in the playoffs. So no, anybody else? No, not really. <laughs> See, I agree. I was like, who cares? Baron Jones does well. You think I'm going to root for Ezekiel Elliott this week? No, absolutely not. I want the worst to happen to my players because they didn't do well enough to get me into the champ. Well, they got me well, they got me into the championship. They didn't do well enough to win me the championship. So for me personally, I don't care. That's why. I shouldn't say this as a fantasy analyst, Jim. Last night, when Mike Boone stunk, I didn't mind it. Because I had Mike Boone, I already stunk. So for all of you out there that started Mike Boone as well, that sucks. Sucks. Peace. I can't really say much to that. I agree. There was so much. You know, Boone was the most talked about running back. Everybody was excited. Everybody wanted a piece of him. Everybody wanted... You know, both Cook and Madison to be ruled out, and they were, and it was a perfect situation. It's actually it, everybody it, forgot to tell Boone. It's actually amazing, and we do this a lot. And the King talks about this, right? Like, um, opportunity doesn't always create production. And I was one of those people that said, as because I owned it going into the going into the night, like I didn't want Dalvin Cook, I didn't want Alexander Madison, I just wanted Mike Boone because he would get all the touches. What they forgot was that Mike Boone, and I tried to explain this to Frank during the week, and of course I don't always listen to my own advice, but Mike Boone was third string for the reason, a reason, right? Like Alexander Madison passed him on the depth chart because he's better. Dalvin Cook certainly is better. And Mike Boone was the third string running back, certainly not going to be on a passing downs where Amir Abdullah was going to be in there. And that was it. And I tried to tell Frank if he was that good, they'd find a role for him, much like Kyle Shanahan finds a role for all of his guys. And he's like, no, you don't understand the guy's better than him. It just doesn't mean he's never gotten a chance. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, all right, like, I'm with you, man. Like, Mike Boone, rock solid, RB2, the whole deal. And it wasn't just that Mike Boone, you know, stalking her people. Like, people benched really good players for Mike Boone. I'm going to get into that in a few moments. I'll go over everything from the night football, what Aaron Jones did to win people championships, what he's on the precipice of doing as well. A whole lot more to come. Jim and I, we have a lot to talk about. We're going to do it all over the next hour. It's Fantasy BFS right here on Sports Grid. 
NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. BFFs, Greg Sussman, Jim Day, hanging out here as well. And Jim, just one of my buddies, had all these great players. And he goes, I don't know what to do. And everybody went through this this week. They didn't know what to do. Where do I start? What do I do? Do I start Mike Boone over the following? Terry McLaurin, Emmanuel Sanders, Anthony Miller, Raheem Mostert, Patrick Laird. Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen. And I'm like, oh my God. And I think what he wound up doing was starting Mike Boone over Keenan Allen and losing because he started Mike Boone over Keenan Allen. And that's just one of many stories, Jim, that people have from riding the Mike Boone train straight to hell. No, I agree. I I got a million questions about him, you know, I had one guy actually ask me if they should sit Aaron Jones for Mike Boone. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, that's how crazy it gets. Yeah, everybody's got to have the new, bright, shiny toy. But, you know, like you said, there's a reason that guy's a bright, new, shiny toy is because he's been sitting his butt on the bench Correct. all year. Correct. Um, you know, so he did have the two touchdowns a week before. That gave a, you know, a lot of people hope. But how could you even think about starting him over a guy like Aaron Jones who coming into the game had what? 16 touchdowns already on the season? Seriously? <laughs> that is like the epitome of trying to be too cute. 11 carries, 28 yards was the final line for Mike Boone. He played like a snap in the second half. Bench for Amir Abdullah. What did you think of the Vikings game plan last night? I thought it was terrible, obviously. Uh, everything was terrible. It was embarrassing. It just, embarrassing. <laughs> it, they couldn't do anything right. Kirk Cousins was outside of that one pass. That Diggs was terrible. So, um, yeah, I even said this on the frenzy today. When they have a prime time game, they should really think about using the backup at quarterback because it's not something Kirk Cousins does well. And you know, th- unfortunately, there's players out there that are like that. There's players that clamor to be in that you know prime time thing and put up big games. And there's other guys that fold under that pressure. And you know, talking about a guy who's zero and nine on Monday Night Football at this point, and he's got a rock solid team. There was really no excuse for how badly he played. I'm really interested to find out um, what the line will be because these two teams uh, could see each other in the playoffs. Now Minnesota has is most likely traveling to New Orleans in the first round. And, you know, it, the Vikings are a weird team. The Vikings always have trouble in the division, but outside the division, especially outside the conference, um, he's very, very good. And... It'll be very interesting to see what this team, if anything, can do in the playoffs, getting Dalvin Cook back, uh, getting this defense healthy, and seeing which Kirk Cousins shows up. Obviously, he's had no success in prime time. That's been well-documented. No success in the playoffs. That's been well-documented. This Vikings team is kind of the same team they are always every year. That's simply not 
good enough. Stephon Diggs uh, had that big catch, had the touchdown. He was good enough as he has been for most of this year. It's crazy where he started, where he ended 3 for 57 last night. On the other side, uh, you mentioned Aaron Jones who had 23 carries, 154 yards rushing, including the 56-yard touchdown. Uh, Two touchdowns on the night. Gave him, as you mentioned, Jim, 16 touchdowns on the year. He has just 984 yards rushing. If he ends the season with under 1,100 yards, he will become uh, the only running back in NFL history to have that many touchdowns and that few yards. It's been a weird year uh, for Aaron Jones. Obviously, touchdowns have been there. Yards haven't always. There are times where he had like 20 yards and four touchdowns in a game. So the obvious question I have for you is... Touchdown regression, I have to imagine you believe, is coming next year. So where do you feel comfortable drafting Aaron Jones? We were just talking about this on the frenzy, and I'm not so sure that is the case because look at it. Even in limited touches last year, he still scored touchdowns. So he's just got a nose for the end zone. And for that reason and that reason only, I, I mean, I have no problem. If he falls into the third round, I'd take him in a heartbeat. And I, I think that, you know, it's going to probably be a third fourth round discussion for him next year going in. But at the same time, this is a guy that right now on the season in PPR leagues is the number two running back only behind Christian McCaffrey. That's how good Aaron Jones has been. And I'm glad you brought that up. The number two running back behind Christian McCaffrey, uh, the amount of touchdowns there uh, is just stupid, right? Like it's stupid good how many touchdowns Aaron Jones has scored uh, in this spot uh, for Green Bay. Uh, Jones is a monster, monster year for a team that wants to run the ball. I know we don't think of Green Bay as a team that wants to run the ball, but at this point, that's precisely what they are. Uh, you saw the stat on Monday Night Football last night when he gets like 20 carries. Uh, Green Bay is much more successful. He did have significantly less points than Christian McCaffrey, 80 or so, or 80, almost 90 to be exact. Um, but Aaron Jones, more points than any other running back in fantasy football this year, not named Christian McCaffrey. Uh, also on the Green Bay side here, Jim, you had Devontae Adams have a big PBR game. Devontae Adams uh, commonly drafted as the first or second wide receiver off the board. Finished with a monstrous 13 for 116 in this one. A ridiculous 16 targets. Where has this been all year? Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, he was dealing with that turf toe for a, a good portion of the year, so that hurt. Um, and that really took us down. Uh, it really, you know, I mean, it really got to a point. It, it seemed like that when he was on the field that Rodgers wasn't looking for anybody else but him. We did see Lazard, you know, have five catches for 45 yards last night. But then everybody else, I mean, Marcus Valdez-Scantling, Geronimo Stinks. Allison, the guys Stinks. that we were both, you know, we were all fighting over these guys in drafts, not early round drafts, but later on thinking they'd be great value, yet neither one of them has done a thing all year. They've had, you know, a good game here, a good game there, and that's it. Um, and you can't even really say that about Marquez Valdez-Scantling because I can't even remember a good game. He had one. He, he had one. Um, one. Okay, there you go. But the, the, uh, the, Allison the, had a couple, but that's it. The truth and, is you know, here, Jim. You, you I can't trust these guys. You talk about everybody fighting over him. You're right. I had an auction draft um, in August, and I didn't know which one to choose, MVS or Geronimo Allison. I got both. I was like, no matter which one I get, I, I'll get one right. I got none right. I, I after week one, I think I was offered David Montgomery for MVS. I, was like, oh, I, I can't do that. I can't do that. I well, when you that. got a quarterback like Rodgers, you expect more wide receivers to be fantasy relevant and to put up good points. 
And that's what we were banking on. But we weren't banking on the Rodgers we got this year. First of all, being nowhere near where he's ever been. Is this the new norm for Aaron Rodgers? Oh, man. If it is, then, you know, I I don't think so. I I think, you know, another year in this system, they should, you know, round it out, get it a little better. But he's obvious, he obviously needs another receiver he can count on because I don't think he has that feeling for Allison or uh, MVS at all. I don't think he has any trust in either one of those sure. guys. Maybe it becomes Lazard. Maybe. Uh, we've seen him pop up a few times, but then right away he has a you know decent game. Next game, a couple games, he doesn't do anything. So at this point, you know it's going to be hard to trust. I mean, next year, going into next year's drafts, we were talking about this. Where do you draft him? Yeah. I'm not drafting him as a quarterback one next year. Yeah. So if somebody else takes him, I'll say, okay, good for you. I hope it works out, but I'm not going to lose any sleep if I don't get him. Well, I would say I would I would not say I hope it works out. If you somebody else drafts him, I hope he's, he's terrible, Jim. <laughs> um, but uh, to answer my own question, I kind of do think this is the new norm. I, I think that from legitimately beginning to end, from that first Thursday night game between the Bears and the Packers on Thursday night football, they ran the football where they attempted to run the football, whether it was Jamal Williams or Aaron Jones, it changed by the day, but they never let Aaron Rodgers loose at all from beginning to end. And I don't know if it's Rodgers slowing down. I don't know if this is the offense that LaFleur wants to run. I don't know that it matters. Yeah, you'll get your good games here and there from Aaron Rodgers, but I don't see Aaron Rodgers as someone, to me, in today's NFL, and I know we've done this so many times with Brady and the Patriots, but... This is not a guy I want to count on next year in fantasy football. Like, sure, Demonte Adams, you'll count on. Aaron Jones, you'll take knowing you're not getting 16 touchdowns most likely again. The Aaron Rodgers thing, like, we talk a lot about taking the name off the back of the jersey. And, and for Brady, we've had to do it. For Breeze, at times, we've had to do it. Rodgers, over the last two years, you should have done it. Aaron Rodgers, if you look, uh, you look at the, uh, this year here, Jim, at the quarterbacks. Where did Aaron Rodgers finish, right? Like, what is the guy? What was Aaron Rodgers here this year? He wound up being quarterback nine, quarterback nine overall. That's the same as the rest of them. Not somebody I'm super interested in next year. We'll be back. More BFFs right after this. NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. Anyway, you want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Then dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com's optimizer, the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lot of alerts, breaking news, latest off support, and more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with the promo code DUNK, DailyRoto.com slash DUNK to learn more. That's DailyRoto.com slash DUNK. DailyRoto.com. Where millionaires are made. Greg Sussman here. No Frankie Stample. No EY today. But Jim Day hanging out with me uh, the day before Christmas all here on Christmas Eve. We're talking a lot about Monday Night Football last night. I do want to get into some other uh, news and notes. I know, Jim, you're running a big playoff league. What's going on there? 
Yeah, it's just setting it up on my fantasy league. It's going to be a free league. Uh, basically, you can start any player you want in any week, but you can only use them twice throughout the entire playoffs. Uh, trying to fill as many spots as we can. I got uh, I got about 20 spots filled already. Uh, I was going to ask you if you wanted me to include you and Frank in that. Uh, put you in there, but it's up to you guys. But you know, anybody who wants to get in can send me an email at fantasytaz at gmail.com and let me know, and I will get you involved. You got a totally, totally free league, you said, right? Because you didn't feel like collecting money? Yeah, I don't feel like collecting the money. So, yes, totally free league. All right, so there you go. It's a, a totally free league uh, with with Jim Day playoff pool. I'm in a I'm in a playoff pool, which is really fun. I think it's like a hundred dollars a team or so, and everybody has a salary. You pick a player, one player per team. You don't you don't use two teams, and it's like a quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, and, and so on and so forth. Everyone's priced out. It's hard, man. And last year. We, I nailed it. Like everything I like, kind of projected out worked really, really well. The, the big game last year for us was the Chargers Patriots, where it was Sony Michelle and Keenan Allen back and forth, and we had both of them. And we were going, um, we, we had a chance to win it all. There's a lot of money in the pool, and we had a chance to win it all, but we, we got Todd Gurley in the Super Bowl, and that wasn't so great, Jim. <laughs> yeah, no, that did not quite work out the way uh, anybody expected it to. Most assuredly, not. Uh... Gurley himself, that's for sure. Certainly not. He's an interesting name also next year with what you do with Todd Gurley. What do you think? Oh, definitely he's going to fall. He's got to fall after this year. I mean, I was one of the ones that were hyping him this year. I thought he'd bounce back and have a strong year. And while he finished he finished out strong for you, if you got there with him, uh, he really wasn't that strong all year. So next year is definitely going to be tough. I wouldn't be surprised at all if we're looking at him as a, you know like a fifth-round pick. Yeah, I, you know, Todd Gurley is, we'll see if he bounces back at all here. Um, Sean McVay, obviously down the stretch, has said we need to use Gurley, and they are. And it makes me wonder, hey, maybe they were saving him for later in the year so he was fresh and was healthy toward the playoffs. Obviously, they didn't get there, so they kind of pushed up the timeline here a little bit. But the reason that I brought up your playoff pool, the reason that I brought up uh, my playoff pool, is because Beast Mode is... Back. The Seahawks are headed to the playoffs. Marshawn Lynch is headed to the playoffs, and they're signing a deal with the Seahawks to return to Seattle. Eight days ago, he's serving shots of tequila in the parking lot in Oakland. Now he's a member of the Seahawks, expected to start uh, potentially as soon as this week. Marshawn Lynch won't cost you a lot in these pools, but the Seahawks, they want to run the football, and that is their offense. And no matter what, as we've seen in the past, Brian Schottenheimer will not change. This is a team that has now lost Chris Carson, Rashad Penny, and CJ Procise. They bring back Bob Turbin. They bring back Marshawn Lynch. Is Marshawn Lynch someone that you can trust, maybe, in a playoff fantasy football league? Hey, I've always been a huge fan. When a man steps on the field, he does it with attitude, and I like that. You know, he reminds me a lot about Adrian Peterson that way in that he's always looking like he has something to prove, that he's got to go out there and prove something. From all indications I'm hearing is that he's in terrific shape. Um, he was work- he's was he been working out for a while now, thinking that he might get a chance to come in and get some playing time. Of course, it just worked out that way. So he knows the offense. They know him. There's not a lot that he has to learn. So it really does come down to, you know, what kind of shape he's in. And everything I'm hearing is saying he was in really great shape. So, you know, if I'm going into the playoffs, I think I'm going to take a shot on him. Again, this is a team that loves to run. 
They want to do it as often as they can. And, you know, he's the kind of guy that could change things. Yeah, for me, I'm I'm with you. I do take a shot on Marshawn Lynch for all the reasons I mentioned. It's a team that wants to run the ball, and they're not going to change who they are. Brian Schottenheimer, Pete Carroll, they refuse to. And it's very, very rare they put the ball in Marsh in uh, Russell Wilson's hands and just kind of let him do his thing, although they should, and they don't do it enough. That's not the way they are built. So if, they, if and when they go into Philly or Dallas, they're kind of ripe to be run on. I know it's an away game. I know they do have Russell Wilson in their back pocket. But Marshawn Lynch could do some damage here in those matchups, uh, the potential first-round matchups, either in Philly or in Dallas. Is there one that's better for them, Jim, than the other? Uh, at this time, at this point, I'd rather play Dallas <laughs> um, just because Dallas just doesn't have a clue who they are. Um, you know, week 15, they come out and they're all playing excellent. They're all on top of the game. They, they come out and have a great game. This week against Philly in a win-and-you're-in situation, they come out and look totally lost, like they have no clue what they're doing. Um, you know, we were talking about this on a frenzy. How does Cooper be okay with standing on the sideline when it's fourth and your game, you know, any season, other arguably. main receiver. Yeah, right. Any other main receiver on any other team would have been chomping at the bit to get on that field, would have had the helmet on, standing right next to the coach saying, why am I not on the field? Yet Cooper standing on the sideline chatting with somebody else and not looking like he cared he wasn't on the field. So me, hold on, but, but is, that, I don't is, like that. is that thought fair, right? Like we, Odell Beckham gets killed for the emotion he shows. Mark Cooper is the complete polar opposite of that. He gets killed as well. Is that fair to be on both sides of the coin? Yeah, because you're talking about two polar opposites. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a big fan of Beckham. He does get too much, uh, but that's the thing. He gets too much about everything. I don't care. You know, I don't want a receiver that's going to get too much about everything, but I do want him to be on a field in you know a big game at a big point in the game. I want him to be on the field. You know, you go back to the replacements movie and, you know, Gene Hackman, well, you know, a winner wants to have the ball when it counts. And to me, that stands true in football. You know, anybody else, you know, you go to Adrian Peterson and at that point in time, he says, hell yeah, I want to be on the field. Anybody like that, they want to be on the field. And for him not to care that he wasn't on the field, that bothers me more than anything else. Winners want the ball when the game's on the line. And Shane Falco grabs the ball. Call back to earlier in the movie. Grass says, I want, I, want, I want to take this one. Winners always do. There you go. Gene Hackman. Keanu Reeves, The Replacements. A uh, football classic. One of my favorites. I love that movie. Good movie. Um, some weird stuff in that movie, but it's a good movie nonetheless. Um, but, but Marshawn Lynch, anyway, comes back. He's somebody that always certainly wants the ball. One of the, in that Super Bowl where he didn't get it. Amari Cooper, that's an interesting one. Will he be back in Dallas next year? They never, they never gave him the extension yet, right? No, they haven't given him the big money yet, and that's going to be interesting. We'll see if he's back. There's got to be talks now of, you know, what's going to happen if they do give him the big money. See. And, uh, yeah, they, he might have hurt gotta, himself. They still got to pay Dak, too. Yep. We'll see. And there's a lot of talk about whether or not they want Dak back. I think I think Dak's poor play had more to do with his shoulder than anybody's really talking I'm about. I'm sure. Right? And I, it's I amazing. That whole storyline was so monstrous going into Sunday. And then by the time Sunday was over, it went away, right? Like nobody's talking about right, that show. Nobody anymore. was talking. Yeah. Yep. So, um, and you know, it, it, it's almost a perfect thing. I mean, when you're dealing with a shoulder injury, the, what you look, when you look at Dax, most of his passes, they were all high. They were sailing. Yes. A lot of yes. times that's because you're not coming all the way through with the football. 
And if your shoulder's bad, that's where you're letting the ball go early instead of following all the way through. You know, we see that a ton. Uh, baseball pitchers have that issue. when If they have a shoulder issue, their ball is always high. You know, same thing with quarterback. So I, I think it had a lot to do with his shoulder. But you're right. As soon as the game was over, nobody was talking about his shoulder. He just sucked. Yeah, 100%. That was, again, such a big storyline going into the game and then disappeared uh, once the game was over. Anyway, uh, just looking at uh, some numbers here. The Eagles are a top 10 rush defense this year. Uh, fantasy points against Dallas, kind of middle of the road. So if you're a Marshawn Lynch guy, you want Dallas to somehow sneak into the playoffs, which means the Eagles need to lose this week and the Cowboys ultimately need to win. So that's now, not... Now, we don't want that, though. We don't, we don't want that. As a Giants fan, I don't want them to win another game. Or do I? Freaking idiots. They shouldn't have won this last game. Believe idiots. Me. They I mean, don't even know how to tank correct, correctly. It's, it's, it's typical. Pat Shermer should be fired for the fact that they survived this game. Um, so Beast Mode is back, and it looks like J.J. Watt could be coming back as well. Just two months removed from surgery on his pectoral, pectoral muscle. It's a surgery and, and a procedure that normally keeps you out for the rest of the season. Uh, he's going to sign a waiver and come back and play in the playoffs uh, for the Houston Texans. The move for J.J. Watt in Houston? Uh, you know, heck, if he's on the field, he they, they definitely gives them an upgrade. There's no doubt about it. Uh, you know, it, it's whether or not he's going to end up hurting himself even more is the issue. But, you know, they're, they're looking at it. They, they think they have a chance to do some damage now. I, I don't think they have that kind of team now. Uh, I just don't. The, the offensive line still needs a lot more work, as we've seen. And uh, Watson's been very in consistent all, basically all year. So I don't think they have it yet. I I just think it's a rash decision, but who knows? We've seen plenty of teams that played worse in the season get hot at the right time and go off on a run. I just don't know if they have it in them. Speaking of offensive lines, the Ravens offensive lines been the best in football, and Lamar Jackson, well, he gave them all Rolexes to celebrate. None of those guys are going to play this Sunday as they get healthy before the playoffs. They'll all have two weeks off. Lamar Jackson uh, helping out the people that matter most in his life, giving them Rolexes, uh, which certainly makes sense. A couple other news and notes uh, before we hit the break. Mason Rudolph is out this week. Had a bad shoulder. He is having surgery. He's out. Paxton Lynch will be the backup to Duck Hodges on Sunday as the Steelers try to find a way to make the playoffs. They're going to have to beat this Ravens team to do it. The Titans will have to fall to the aforementioned Texans. See, Jim, we, we connected all here on the BFFs. Not only that, but they're without their center and Marquise Pouncey being out too. That's true. Pouncey is out. Uh, Mike McCarthy interviewed with the Panthers. Good fit, Jim? Oh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't like Mike McCarthy. I think he's too pedestrian. All right, fair enough. When we come back, I want to go over some of the fantasy scoring you may not have realized coming out of oh, 2019. Stick around. A whole lot more to come. BFFs continue after this. NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. All right, back here on the BFFs, Greg Sussman, Jim Day, filling in for Eric Young, Frank Stample, already uh, getting drunk for Christmas. So I want to take a few minutes, Jim, 
know we're going to dive in, Frank and I, at some point, going over the uh, first round um, for, for next year. And that'll be fun to do, and I'm excited to do it. But before we did, I want to take a look at the first round this year. And there's been a lot of talk about um, how bad it's been or how good it's been or somewhere in between. So I wanted to take the opportunity to just kind of go over it with you for a moment. So number one overall pick was Saquon Barkley. Was he worth it, given what he did in weeks 15 and 16? No, because more likely than not, your team didn't get there with him because he didn't do anything the rest of the time. So the in one league, my team, the team that drafted Saquon Barkley, he didn't make the playoffs. Right? Wayne Gallman played for a little while. He wasn't good enough. He didn't make the playoffs. The other league, my home league that I was in, team that drafted Saquon Barkley, also drafted Lamar Jackson. He won the championship. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, that, that'll work. That'll work. So you're saying Saquon Barkley was the wrong pick, obviously, at number one. Number two, Alvin Kamara was ADP-wise number two overall. Kamara obviously didn't score between weeks three and 16. It took forever for him to get back into the end zone. Where does Alvin Kamara go next year? Yeah, we were trying to figure that out as well. I think he still ends up going in the, the first round. I just don't think it's going to be in the top four uh, like he's been consistently. Yeah, I think he's going to bounce back. I think the injury hurt him more than people expected. We finally started to see a little bit more burst in him this past weekend. Uh, you know, we'll we'll know more based on how he plays through the playoffs. If he goes through the playoffs strong, then it's just going to everybody's going to forget about how the season went, and they said, oh, he's back, he's ready to go, and he'll probably move right back into that top four. But uh, it's going to be interesting. I think it really comes down to how well he does in the playoffs. We'll see if Alvin Kamara can get back on the fantasy radar by having a big-time playoffs. We know uh, how that works. It's, we've seen it before. Uh, Alvin Kamara in a position to do damage uh, here in the postseason. Number three overall this year, Christian McCaffrey. Not enough words can be said about him. Christian McCaffrey, even more points now than Lamar Jackson. He's the surefire number one overall pick next year. Is that correct, Jim? Oh, yeah, without a doubt. There's, there's no reason not to at this point. Uh, like you said, he, head and shoulders above anybody else uh, with, with no thought. I, me- I mentioned Lamar Jackson. Where does he go next year? He's going to go in the first round in a lot of leagues, just like we saw Pat Mahomes go in the first round in a lot of leagues this year. But, How'd that work out? But that's different. Because Lamar Jackson is also a running back, right? He would finish, I believe, as a top 10 running back if he was a running back. Yeah, and you're right. He would, absolutely, no doubt. Um, we were talking about that with Austin Eckler receiving-wise. Sure, uh, His sure. numbers of receiving are good enough to be a top 10 wide receiver uh, this year. Yep. So it, it really does work out that way. But the, my problem with that is how long is he going to be able to keep that up yep. without getting hurt? We've seen him take a couple of big hits this year. You know, he... You know, he's not like a Russell Wilson where Russell Wilson, he'll run from time to time. He's not looking to run, but he also doesn't take those big hits. He knows when to get down. He knows when to get out of bounds. Lamar Jackson's still young. He's still fiery. He wants to fight for every yard. And because of that, he's taken some big hits. And they have to be a little bit concerning to anybody over the course of his career. How much can he take? How much could any of the running back QBs over the history take when they were getting hit like that? We saw it happen to Cam Newton. Uh, it really just killed his body. Um, same thing with Watson has definitely been hurt because he gets hit so much. So, it, you know, it does add a lot, a, a lot to a fantasy quarterback, no doubt. 
but it also I have to think it also you know takes away from his longevity. I don't think we could see guys like this playing as long as somebody like a Breeze or a Rivers or Roethlisberger. I just don't think they'll be able to last that long running as much as they do. I agree that they're not they're not built for the long term. The obvious example goes back to Lamar Jackson's backup, Robert Griffin III, who just wasn't the same after his electrifying rookie year. The safer you are, the more set up for long-term success you are. Russell Wilson being the primary example of that. So I understand the trepidation. I think you could also make a similar claim about Christian McCaffrey, uh, given the monstrous he takes and the amount of usage he has. I think you could actually make a case in regards to Lamar Jackson that not only is a first-round pick, Jim, he's a top-five pick because of how good he is, if not the number two overall pick. I think in, uh, in Superflex Leagues, I think Lamar Jackson is the first overall pick. I don't know that he can do this again. But if he does, I want a piece of it, man. Well, and that's it. I, I mean, in super flex, two quarterback leagues, I agree with you. Um, yeah. You know, definitely top five, maybe even that top one. I would take that chance in, in one of those type leagues. In a start one quarterback league, though, I just don't think I could do it. And it's not because I don't think he'll do it again. It's just that there's a lot of good quarterbacks. They're always, um, you always. Can, yeah, so you can wait on quarterbacks and still get a good one. And meanwhile, beef up the rest of your squad. But, uh, you know, it, it's going to be interesting. I I didn't really – I only took Pat Mahomes in, in like two different leagues this year. One, you know, a season-long league where I have to make changes and the, another one a best ball uh, because he was going so early. And, you know, it didn't quite work out the way he expected it to. And you know, everybody out there, of course, is screaming, ah, we told you there'd be regression. Ah. Yeah, of course. How, how could he maintain that kind of level again? Uh, but, uh, you know, I think we'll hear the same thing all offseason about Lamar Jackson. Can he do it again? These are monstrous numbers uh, that, you know, just haven't seen the likes of. And uh, it, it's funny because because he's taking this week off, he's going to end up being behind what Pat Mahomes did fantasy-wise last year. Whereas if he played the game, more than likely he would have passed Mahomes as the top fantasy quarterback of all time which just shows you how good Patrick Mahomes was last season for this Kansas City Chiefs team and for his fantasy owners Jim I believe I'm the only person in fantasy football history that drafted Patrick Mahomes last year for one dollar in an auction and came in last with the least amount of points <laughs> wow <laughs> you know sometimes it happens that way you can't can't predict anything in this, in this league you know we, we want to we try to we we put a ton of effort into trying to figure all this stuff out and and then we have craziness come on that nobody saw coming that's very very frustrating all right back in the first round this year talking about things people saw and didn't see coming right because after that was ezekiel elliott how do you feel how do you feel like ezekiel elliott's year went uh i don't think it went well i mean he still put up good numbers he did but that's but the thing so uh, that, yeah. i'm glad that's exactly what i wanted you to say because it feels <laughs> like it didn't go well you're right it does feel like that consensus wise ezekiel elliott threw the holdout through um some of this misery he was drafted number four overall consensus wise where did he finish among non-quarterbacks five number five overall Basically, exactly where you drafted him to be. So even though it doesn't feel very good, Zeke did his job, Jim. Oh, no, no. Yeah, I'm not blaming Zeke. I, I, more of it really, to me anyway, comes from the coaches. You know, we saw last year they finally got him involved in the passing game, 
and how well that offense moved when they did. And this year, they just didn't get him involved in the passing game as much. And that was just frustrating. He, you know, he only had 50 catches this year after having, what, 80-something last year. And that was a, a huge drop-down in production for fantasy. You want to see those receptions. And, again, it did, I'm not saying Zeke wasn't there and didn't play well. I'm just saying I thought the play calling was terrible after the yeah. first couple of games. Was I, I, in the beginning, they they were doing all the right things. They were, you know, pre-snap motion. They weren't running the ball every first down, and then you know got a few games in, and all of a sudden they just went right back to being the pedestrian Cowboys we've seen for the last few years. Doing all, oh, let's run on first down. Uh, you know, we don't have to do any pre-snap, you know, changes. Uh, you put them out there and just just roll, and it just didn't work. It did not work. The offense did not work with what Kellen Moore did the second half of this year for this Dallas offense. The number five player is really interesting because he was the guy that when we started researching fantasy football right around the draft last April, and I remember Frank was doing his first league, and he goes, oh, who would you, who would you want? Which of these guys do you want? Which of these wide receivers, or do you want Travis Kelsey? And I'm like, man... Out of the running backs left, I think James Conner is the best one. I think James Conner has the ability to really step up more than any of these guys. And I explained my reasoning is the better offensive line, uh, the how, how good running backs have been, whether it's Le'Veon Bell, D'Angelo Williams, or whomever the Pittsburgh Steelers throughout there. I wanted James Conner. And when it was all said and done, EDP-wise, James Conner was the fifth player off the board. That worked poorly. Yes. <laughs> And you knew you were in trouble as soon as Ben Roethlisberger. Immediately. <laughs> Especially, Jim, when I started multiple teams with James Conner and Juju Smith-Schuster. Oof. Ouch. Yeah, that was, that was a tough start. I wasn't in on Juju that early. I was a little worried about him being a true number one yeah. receiver. Um, so I have to say that. I was a little off him, what everybody else was going. But I, I did like Conner. I thought Conner was going to have a strong year. Uh, you know, like all the reasons you said, that offensive line is great. Every running back they've ever put behind it has done well. And I expected that to be the same. And, you know, once Roethlisberger went down, it just took that whole offense with him. It's really interesting because the worst part of a guy like Juju Smith-Schuster or Odell Beckham drafting similar positions last or this past season, the worst part about them were was that there wasn't much you could do, right? Because it's, it's so hard to, dra- to bench. You know, Odell Beckham, it's so hard to bench a Juju Smith-Schuster. And when they're out there and healthy, you just suck right along with it. The best thing, and I, in, my, in another league, I was in an auction, and I drafted Tyreek Hill, and I let Juju go. And when Tyreek Hill was hurt, I'm like, damn, I should have kept going on Juju. And the Juju owner is like, I'd much rather be in your position, especially once Ben went down, because I couldn't play Tyreek Hill when he was hurt. And when he came back, he was Tyreek Hill. Juju never regained that form nor did Odell Beckham Jr. Both really, really struggled this year. But there were wide receivers that were taken before Juju and before Odell, uh, and those were DeAndre Hopkins and Devontae Adams. This past year, uh, DeAndre Hopkins finished as the 19th highest player on the board. Wide receiver-wise, that is one, two, three, four, sixth wide receiver. He's the sixth wide receiver off the board, and he let a lot of people down in the fantasy championship. Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. You know, under eight points in week 16 just doesn't get it done, uh, you know, especially from somebody like him. And, yeah, it, and that was what, uh, 
going into the not only championship week, but the week before week 15, which was my killer week. Right. I lost five out of my six championships teams Aye. in that week because guys like Sanders, Edelman, yep. uh, Debo Samuel, yep. uh, of course, Dalvin Cook with the injury. Sure. All just killed me in that week. Um, but again, in week 16, a lot of big names just came up super short, did nothing, and really just hammered fantasy owners. So, you know, again, we say this all the time. Fantasy football is a game of knowledge, but it's also a game of luck. Is the, and you can know as much as you need to know, but luck always plays a part. Who would you rather have next year, DeAndre Hopkins or Devontae Adams? I'm still staying with Hopkins. I still have him as, you know, my number two wide receiver behind Michael Thomas. To me, Michael Thomas is clearly the number one guy, and I don't care who they have under center. He just... All you have to do is get the ball anywhere near him, and he's going to catch it. Um, his catch radius has got to be one of the best in the league because it doesn't matter where the ball is. And for that reason, that reason alone, he's clearly my number one receiver next year. So much so that I, I think I'd take him at pick number two right behind. Wow, Sims. right after Christian McCaffrey. Wow. We talked about Michael Thomas yesterday, uh, and Frank said how he had his sixth or seventh wide receiver because the upside just wasn't there. The volume won't be there. It it yeah. was. It was. We'll come back. Three questions in three minutes with Jim Day to wrap up the show right after this. NFL season is now upon us, so you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. Dang, doing a fantastic job on the ones and twos today. Not doing a fantastic job doing the uh, video producing. The afternoon guys, man, getting the job done here on the DFS. Greg Sussman, Jim Day, hanging out Christmas Eve. Let's play three questions in three minutes. Jim, you're doing a playoff fantasy pool. Question number one, who's the number one pick? Got to be Lamar Jackson. <laughs> got to be. Taking gotta a quarterback. You got to get him in, in this type of thing situation you got to get him out there and get a quarterback in the playoff pool Lamar Jackson of the uh, champion or the the number one seed Baltimore Ravens he goes at number one according to Jim in the playoff pool uh number two what is your favorite Christmas meal oh uh lamb roast usually have a lamb roast every year uh getting ready to make it start getting it ready for tonight and then I'll cook it tomorrow are you gonna have it tomorrow and on January 2nd no, on January 2nd, we actually get uh, something like we, we go down to Famous Dave's and get a big barbecue feast for everybody. Very cool. Very, very cool. All right. Question number three. What do you say to people that play fantasy football in week 17? Oh, don't do it. Get out of it. Stop it. Don't do it anymore. It's very frustrating. You think regular fantasy football is frustrating? Week 17 fantasy football is over the top frustrating. 
Week 17 is brutal. I was talking to my, I was talking to my dad, actually, about this. And uh, he plays on ESPN, the default. And George was talking about this yesterday on The Frenzy. How in ESPN, the default is week one of the playoffs is weeks 14 and 15. And weeks two is 16 and 17. He's like, I feel like I need to drop everyone on my team because no one's playing. I go, yeah, dad, how many times have I told you don't stop playing week 17? They never learned, George. Uh, they never learned, Jim. They never learned. Yeah. So, uh, well, yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's just, it's not a fun thing to do. <laughs> No, I mean, it's just, it's, you thought Mike Boone was bad. You're going to get a freaking league full of Mike Boones this Sunday during week 17. Obviously, Seattle, San Francisco, that has a lot going on Sunday night, but a lot of other games, well, they don't, they don't. So we'll see what happens. Jimmy, it's been an absolute blast hanging out with you for the last hour. I had a fantastic time just talking football with you. Merry Christmas, happy holidays, and I'll certainly talk to you on Thursday. Oh, thanks, man. Happy Hanukkah. Thank you very, very much. So for Jim Day, for Yang, and for Matt downstairs, for everybody that's working hard and watching us here on Christmas, have a wonderful holiday. Merry Christmas. We'll do it all again on Thursday. We hope.